0: All profit is value extraction. And that
1: means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare. And, and they you gotta get them off welfare. <laughs> Nothing more important than stopping fascism. Because fascism stop
0: Hey, y'all, it's Cards and Comrades, your leftist car news podcast. My name is Bryant. We've got Brandon and Connor here today. How are you guys doing? Doing
1: good. I'm alive.
0: Yeah, that's good news. Um, Zach couldn't make it. I'm not sure what's going on with him, but it is Easter. We're recording this on Easter. So maybe he's got, you know, family stuff to do or whatever.
1: I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. It's a mystery. I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm certainly not going <laughs> to worry about other people.
0: Yeah, but um, we got a few news stories to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, Elon Musk uh, and Twitter and Tesla and all the wonderful stuff that's coming out of uh, that man's companies. Which um,
2: I've been thinking for the last few days. I, it's just it actually pisses me off because uh, we we, t- we talked about okay, we'll do a news episode next and. The whole time, as all this shit's going down, I'm like, this motherfucker found himself in the news again for our fucking news episodes. So it's going to be really (laughs) Elon Musk heavy because he's a bastard, the son of a bitch. (laughs) One news episode. I I don't know. We're going to have to, like, put a ban on Elon Musk news because that fucking bastard.
1: Oh, I thought that our whole thing was that news episodes were just us shitting on Elon Musk (laughs) for an hour. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause yeah. he's always in the news and like 1% of the time it's even remotely positive. So I
0: I mean, I was even going to like put together like a little jingle or whatever for our Elon
1: Musk hate uh, time or whatever we want to call it.
2: Yeah. We need something.
1: Yeah. Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Two great, two great tastes that go great together.
0: <laughs> but we're, we plan on talking about the new GR Corolla and maybe a couple other things if we have time, but we're going to try and make this a, a quick one because we spent a couple hours just bullshitting before we started recording. So, uh, we're, uh, we're not great at planning this stuff, guys. So, uh, <laughs> whatever.
2: <laughs> we just keep talking and talking and talking. And we're like, oh, fuck, we better start this
0: episode at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to preemptively say sorry if this episode comes out late because, uh, uh, I'm busy, and also I'm going to a concert tomorrow. And uh, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Well, it'll it'll happen when it happens. I guess before we get into the news, we should do some project car updates. And I think I'm not sure the exact
1: order. Uh, whatever, Brandon, you go first. Uh, man, I, I've I've actually I, I've I've been at going at everything, man. I've, I've been having problems with all of my dailies, but they've all been really minor, so a lot of maintenance. I did start doing uh, some serious work on the 69 that I've been working on the restoration for. I think I told you guys, but last, uh, I, I, I found somebody who was going to make the window channel that I could not figure out how to make myself. Um, as of last week, he was almost finished with it, and he's close by, so one day I'm going to get the notion and and drive out there and pick them up from him. Um, yeah, I'm, it was, it was going to be such a nightmare for me to make. And like when he, he, like he put off giving me a price for so long that I started to get nervous. And he finally like finished like most of it and got like all the rough parts, like hammered out and then told me like 400 bucks, which for the amount that I'm buying from him, I'm like, Yes, absolutely. Like, make me two sets, Jesus. Yeah, because I mean, like, this is all handmade by him in his shop. Uh, he just has the right tools to be able to hammer it out, literally on a power hammer. So that uh, I started uh, tearing apart all the sheet metal in the rear end. I like start drilling out spot welds and removing things so that they can be like ha- hammered, like hammer and dolly, back to life and patched up and doing. Like, honestly, pretty serious work. Uh, it's going smoother than I would have expected it to. And and it's it's a really pleasant reminder of how far I have come in terms of working on cars. Because the last time I, I did serious work on this was probably five or six years ago. So that's, it's actually been really fun. I am having to take a break from it in the coming weeks because I have taken on a paid... Uh, job doing some restoration work for a guy. So once I'm done with that, I'll be back to it. But for the next couple of weeks, it might just be that. And, uh, Oh, I have disassembled one of my motorcycles to start getting it ready. So I have a motorcycle to ride this year too.
2: Nice. Cool.
1: Yeah. I like haven't ridden in a couple of years cause all my bikes are broken down. So I dragged them all over to my shop and that was also another one of those things where I'm like the last time I worked on this bike, it was really a pain in the ass and it was a nightmare and as I'm going back through it, I'm like, all of this is really easy. And I don't know what I was struggling with five or six years ago. Because um, one of the bikes I'm working on has been off the road for five or six years. I have so many motorcycles. And that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep this uh, short and sweet. Like I I did work on my cool chopper and my cool old 60s van. And um, hoping to have them both back on the road by some uh, sometime this summer.
2: Fuck yeah. All nice. right.
1: Yeah, it's been fun.
0: Cool. Um, well, I haven't done anything on uh, any of my cars other than put gas in them for a couple weeks. So uh, that's kind of nice. I haven't, Yeah. you know, they've been reliable. Nothing bad has happened. Although, uh, you know, just minor, minor things like annoyances, like I, th- I was talking about how everything rattles in my MR2 and like some of the electrical stuff. Kind of doesn't work half the time, but, you know, there's not a lot of electrical stuff in that car to go bad and the fuel injection still works. So I'm not worrying about it if the the light in the dashboard doesn't work all the time. But uh, if you guys are okay, I want to go off on a tangent about uh, Honda Accords for a minute. Let's do it. Specifically the the seventh generation,
1: you Um, know, that's what Jesus drove, right?
0: Oh, I thought he drove a Plymouth Fury.
1: No, he was really humble about it. Uh, that's that's why there's the Bible verse, for he did not speak of his own accord. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. What a class act. You know,
0: when there's the money changers in the temple, he drove them forth in his fury.
2: Ha <laughs> ha! Nice.
0: <laughs> so, Zing. But, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so I, I've been looking at buying another car to replace my Sabru eventually, like, right now is probably not a prudent time to, to buy a, a no, used car or any not. car for that matter. <laughs> it is not um, <laughs> keep what you got every, yeah. every listener.
2: Keep what you got. If you got to fix it, just fucking do it right now. Cause it's bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's probably what I'll do for, uh, you know, at least six months, a year or so. Um, but you know, the grass is always greener. And one of the, I don't know. I'll just list a couple of the cars I I've been looking at. Um, uh, Mazda Speed uh, 3, so the turbo version yeah. of the Mazda 3. Uh, if I wanted another hot hatch, uh, what was the other one? Um, I was also thinking about a Chevy Volt plug-in hybrid, and that was more when I had a longer commute. But, you know, it wouldn't yeah. hurt to get, you know, 100 miles per gallon. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, well, anyways, uh, uh, Honda Accord 7th Gen, because that is the the last generation that they had double wishbone suspension, but the first generation of the uh K 24 engine. And that's a what pretty, they...
2: so what did they switch to? If not a double wishbone,
0: uh, it's all struts now.
2: Boo. I that know. Sucks. Yeah. What a fucking downgrade.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, Honda is really kind of lost their way in a lot of regards. Like they do some really cool engineering every once in a while. Like, But like their suspension is no longer quite as special as it used to be.
2: Yeah, but I think there's a lot of companies that build up a certain reputation and then try and coast on that and cut corners because they're like, oh, everyone thinks we're reliable, so we can kind of cut some corners and get away with it.
1: Yeah. When you say say some companies, do you mean all companies? I mean, yeah, I guess that
2: I guess that's just a commentary on capitalism and that it's just, oh, yeah, they all do that if they can right if they develop that particular <laughs> reputation they will do that
0: well and you can see it also even with the um the 7th gen accord they cut a lot of corners when you look at the corresponding acura models um, there's the acura tsx which is actually mm-hmm. based on the your Euro- uh, european or jdm version of the accord uh, which is a little bit different than the american version mm-hmm. but like you know they upgrade it like I think the the Accord makes like 160, 170 horsepower and a slightly warmed over version of that same motor in the Acura makes like 200, 205, depending Mm -hmm. on the year. So like, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not like huge things. It's like cam profiles and like valve diameters and a couple tweaks here and there, but they're like, I don't know if, if you guys don't know listening, uh, if the listeners don't know, like. The Honda K twenty four has like huge tuning potential. Like people make like five hundred horsepower out of those engines, and you can make you know easily three hundred horsepower on like stock internals. Uh, from what, yeah, I am pretty
2: sure even the K series is now becoming a common swap, mostly for this reason. But they can handle boost really well. But the other thing they do is they can make power in naturally aspirated setups pretty well. I mean, it'll cost you some money, but like if you switch to like an individual throttle body setup. Right. I mean, you can make three three fifty na in a fucking yeah. you know a four banger like it's they're pretty they're pretty stout motors for sure.
0: Yeah, and and you can get a seventh gen Accord at least where I live for like seven thousand bucks. Like they're not super expensive. What
2: was the um what is the uh, year range on the seventh gen again? I I can't remember.
0: I want to say it's like two thousand two to like twenty eleven. Okay. Somewhere in that range, maybe two thousand three. Um, I should have probably had this uh, open in another tab here, but yeah, two thousand three model year to two thousand seven. Gotcha. But I think I think two thousand eleven is when they stopped using double wishbones.
2: So okay. it, that
0: that would have been the eighth gen, I guess.
2: Okay. Also, I you have a really loud keyboard i know i'm sorry <laughs> no i mean it's funny it's just you're always like let me look this up clickety-clackety-clickety-clack
0: <laughs> i usually edit it out <laughs> but uh, uh, it's yeah. fine to
2: leave it in i think it's funny <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah if uh if the listeners are wondering what kind of uh sedan to buy i i would say a seventh gen honda accord or a uh, similar uh, Honda TSX is a good choice. I'm not necessarily going to buy one anytime soon. So that's all I've got.
1: I'm worried that ever being able to afford a used, like a reasonable used car might just not be a thing anymore.
0: Oh, I know. I mean, I was yeah. looking up reviews of the the Acura and like so, uh, someone had a video from like 2019 and they're like, oh yeah, you can buy these for like four thousand dollars. <laughs> and Nowadays they're like twelve thousand. <laughs> like, oh god damn it! <laughs> you know,
2: I think I, I I don't know. I'm sure there's there's definitely okay. There's definitely going to be listeners that disagree with me. But of all the luxury brands, I, I think Acura is the weakest. I think they just like uh, I don't know. I, I don't think they look like luxury cars. I don't think they perform as well. Um, I think they're expensive and for sometimes no reason like
0: I, I think I think current Acuras are that way but like Acuras from 15 20 years ago compared to their competition were pretty good
2: were they I don't know I mean like I remember the Integra was cool but like yeah I feel like that hardly qualifies as a luxury car either <laughs> it's like right I'm like I don't know that was it was sort of different but I, I, I don't know I keep looking at these cars and I'm like They kind of have nothing on BMW, Mercedes, or even Infiniti. I'm just like, yeah, it's like it's rebadged Honda. It's like, yeah, you put leather seats in a Honda and now it's an Acura. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And I'm sure there's listeners who are Acura fans who would point out that I'm very wrong. But that's just my perception. And the perception is not great.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with any luxury brand, you're going to have just warmed over regular ass shit. Yeah. And then you're going to have the Halo. Uh, brands or
1: Halo cars or whatever.
2: What's a Halo? I car?
1: feel spoiled when my cars even have an interior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Halo car is
0: like um, the idea is it's like the the top of the line that that is supposed to like drive excitement for that brand. Oh, I call so, I've always
2: called that a flagship vehicle.
0: Yes, I I think I think flagship is meant to be like um, the leader in its class and. Mm-hmm. And a um, halo car is more like we're pulling out all the stops, like the Ford GT 40 or whatever, you know, oh, Okay. Uh, or like Acura um, NSX or. Oh, I don't Okay. Know, some...
2: I've see. I've always, I've always called like a flagship car to me. It was like Subaru's flagship was always the WRX STI and that drove excitement for that brand. And that's what like the STI sells the regular Impreza in a lot of ways. Um, that was always right. my thinking on it. But anyway, tangent un- unnecessary. We don't need my
0: commentary. <laughs> no, no, that makes sense. I think you, I think we're I, I think we're right on that. But I don't know. Maybe we should ask someone who knows what they're talking about. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, Auto, you know automotive marketing is is bullshit anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Connor, what have you been working on?
2: Um, not, uh, really not a whole lot, um, which basically the car still runs like shit. The listeners will be glad to know it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm getting, I'm,
1: I'm relieved. I was worried that, it, <laughs> that maybe I'd be r- running it. well and everything.
2: So I'm, I'm getting the itch. So I think at a certain point I'm going to, I'm going to go to a drift event. At the first one, I have an opportunity to go to. Um, And yeah, the car's not running great, but like it's having issues at idle and on the low end. So, I mean, if I go and beat the shit out of it, it should be fine. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, a part of me is like, I should wait until it's running right. And then the other part's like, you know what? I'm going to suck at drifting the first time I'm back out on the track. So I should just fucking go and send it. I don't know. I'd like to have some fun with it. So. Yeah, I, I think at some point, so I got to change on to the summer wheels. I think I'm going to try and do that uh, next weekend, and then I think it's pretty much track ready. I've got, I think, everything I need. Um, so I'm going to try and do some like cheaper, you know, low stakes drift events where I don't need like all the super duper tech inspection stuff. The kind, the where they still where they're still pretty lax. Um, I think I'm going to go to a drift event soon because, uh, like I said, I got the itch. Um, and on that note, I, um, the car's still running like shit. That's a whole thing. I think it's just, um, the shop I was going to for the tuning, like, I think they're like a friend of mine. I, I found out actually who has, who's got a Jay-Z car. So it's a GS 300 and he's, he has spent like 20 grand with them having like, they built the motor and everything. So, like, they don't have anywhere to point the finger. So, like, he goes in and they do a good job with his shit because they're Jay-Z car specialists. But then it's, like, for the VQ stuff, the, like, Zs and Gs, I just don't think they're interested. And I was like, oh, that $2,000, it seems like a lot to me, is fucking <laughs> chump change. They don't give a fuck. They're like, I'm pretty sure their average customer is, like, five to $10,000. And I'm like... Hey, I've given you two thousand dollars. You should do. You should fix my shit. And they're just like, "Nah, we're, it's not profitable." Dude, so. th- there's
1: a guy like that here in town who, uh, he, like, he specializes in some stuff I'm really interested in. So, like, and he has a like world record pro street car. I think his record has been beaten, but he briefly had like a street car yeah. that ran, I think, high fives. Oh, um, that's not a street car.
2: That how, what is
1: what is your definition of streetcar at
2: that point? Street legal. That is not street legal. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't know what the laws are necessarily. A lot of times, but it might have been high sixes. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I get is
1: a huge difference. But like It is, but it. it I I well because it was like it was it was like a point nine nine something. So I can't remember if I round up or or whatever. Oh, but okay, sure. But no, he he took it on power tour, dude. He drove it a thousand miles on highways. Okay, there you but go. But it also, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with five nine nine. I think was what he ran. Um, oh my god! But uh, yeah. Uh, then I realized that you pretty much don't even like pull up into their parking lot unless you want to spend like an exorbitant amount of money and make something that's gonna like make like fifteen hundred horsepower for. As long as you need it to like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a high end, like, like I don't have the money to even look the guy in the eye sort of thing. Yeah.
2: So, and yeah. like- that sucks. Like it, it's, it's fundamentally like a working class hobby, but sometimes you're like the economics of this is like, they don't, they're not interested in helping me. Cause they're like, yeah, we we're not making money on you. Not really. And it's just like, they're not wrong. Like they, it's like, well, they got a business to run. So it's like, I'm getting screwed. <laughs> It's like they're not going to fix my shit because they just don't care. So anyway, I went to um, I stopped off at another tuning shop in the area. They don't have a pro license for the tuning that I'm getting, but like they might be able to help me. Um, so they're thinking on whether, you know, to help me out or whatever. I guess the guy that does their um, their like legit tuning and stuff. Uh, unfortunately he had a stroke a while back. So like he's back to tuning, but like he's kind of trying to take it easy and he's mostly just doing remote tunes and stuff, which may work for my shit, but like, you know, it's going to require some diagnostics. So I'm going to see if they're willing to fucking try and deal with my shit or not. Um, but like I, after an, like I talked to the guy for like an hour or something, um, like the other guy there who owns a shop and, he's a cool guy and you know he was like yeah kind of he gets what i'm talking about with sound performance he was like yeah i've had a we've heard a few of these come through lately where people go to sound performance because they're really really good and then he's like yeah but then they're kind of just like left holding the bag when when shit doesn't work properly and they just don't have a they don't have a good systematic way to like go through to find the problem so and like this guy i talked to him for an hour and he like mentioned certain things like i would test this i would test that." And I'm like, this is the first time I'm literally, literally hearing any of this. So like, yeah, that's, I keep insisting, like there is a problem that is able to be found here. Like there's a clear issue. If you approach it right, you can find it. And I think they would do that if they're willing to take the job. So, um, there's that if, if they're not able to help me, I, I, there's another option. Um, but the guy doesn't have the best reviews and a the whole there's drama in the car scene with this guy and stuff <laughs> that's a whole thing you know so it's like i i'm i'm trying to avoid going to that guy but like if i have to i will so yeah i'm trying I, there's very few people who can do this tuning and um i'm trying to find some alternatives right now so i may have found one i may not have we'll we'll, we'll see how it works out but
0: I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, there's a lot of those VQ engines out there. I, I would have figured that there would be someone out there that could tune them
2: there. Yeah, there is, but there's only a few that have like the proper, you know, the license and all that stuff to fuck with it. And then there's a lot of remote tunes and shit. So mm. I don't know. It's okay. like, there's a lot of them out there. And so like, I'm surprised too. Cause you're like, how can there be like fucking two, three shops that fucking do this stuff? But that's how it is, I guess. Um. So yeah, that's kind of a bummer, but Anyway, I may have found a shop that can help me um, if they're willing to, you know, deal with it. Um, So that remains to be seen. But I may have some I may be able to make some process progress in the future. But, you know, even if I don't, I'm going to drift it soon because I don't really want to wait anymore. Yeah. Then the other thing I did was I, uh, I. I did take advantage of the fact that I had a garage and I you pulled the car in did at least some minor interior cleaning which i usually don't do very often in the winter um so felt good i was like okay the car's feeling nice and clean i like having a nice clean interior it enhances the driving experience for me
0: <laughs> and it feels I, good i need to do that <laughs> like it just it feels like it's
2: got that like spring cleaning kind of feel to it and i'm like yeah all right cool so car feels good I did clean out a bunch of shit in the rear trunk area where I don't have interior and I'm going to put interior in there this year. I swear to God, I'm going to do it. Um, but I like had a bunch of random shit back there and stuff. I took all that out. There was oil spills back there that I cleaned up. Um, so it's like, it's much cleaner in the, in the back section, which is cool. Uh, but then I drove the car and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I put a bunch of shit that I didn't need back there in the back because it actually quieted some of the fucking squeaking and scraping and creaking and (laughs) like it (laughs) having shit back there really did help. Like the stuff back there banged around and made noise, but like it was better than some of the, like there is some kind of metal that squeaks on something. That's just like, I had it quieted down and now that I removed everything, it's squeaking and shit and it's very annoying. So, Yeah, that's that's a thing. But I'm putting the interior in soon um, because I've had enough of this this nonsense. But yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. I did some cleaning. It was it's good. It feels good. And the car has got hopefully going to have some better tuning stuff soon. Nice. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now.
0: Maybe at the drifting event, you can find some other uh, 350Z owners that can help you out uh yeah
2: unfortunately you know at this point most i've i'm the kind of veteran with the vq at this point where it's like i know more um than a lot of folks now and unfortunately like it's uprev tuning and like you can go on their website and see who's able to do uprev tuning in the area and there's literally three places so uh yeah that's the that's the trouble it's like it's literally it's there's not many places that can do it um so, I don't know, who knows, if I have to, maybe I'll branch out and go, you know, to like Wisconsin or something, or Indiana if I have to, um, or if I can find a good fucking tuner, maybe I'll go a little bit further, but I really would rather not do that. I'd rather just get it done locally. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. So, eventually, hopefully the thing that I spent a bunch of money on will run right at at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope so.
2: Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got.
0: Cool. Um boop 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 boop
2: boop Breaking news. That's that's the part of the show we're at. We're at the breaking news part. Boop 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 boop. This is cars and comrades with with your
0: car news updates. Boop 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 boop. So should we talk about how uh, Elon Musk is a shithead? Or no? Um, we have the Brandon, you wanted to talk about the Starbucks union.
1: Well, you know, we didn't really need to get into it too much. I just wanted to give a shout out to the Pittsburgh Starbucks that was, uh, I believe, what, the first Starbucks to go union. And they did it with a unanimous vote to to do it. So, uh, you know, good, yeah. good job, guys. Happy, happy to see that sort of thing going on in, uh, like, the very town that I'm living in.
2: Well, hell yeah. They were the first in Pennsylvania or... I thought I thought the first was in Buffalo, New York. Uh,
1: Maybe that was it. I think I saw something about it being one of the first and I wasn't really sure where it fell, but I was mostly focused on the fact that it was a unanimous vote. Yeah, that's very, that's very amped on it. Yeah. Yeah. I I know I got the news in the context of a couple of like what uh, Pittsburgh and like maybe Eugene or somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. They had the the other one that uh, just went Union.
2: Yeah, they're making real big progress. I mean, that's one of the most inspiring um union drives in a long time. Starbucks and um the Amazon
1: union that was right. uh
2: in Staten Island run by Chris Smalls. That guy's That guy's cool. Every
1: yeah. every quote that I see from him is just like the hardest shit, man. <laughs> that 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 guy might be my fucking hero at the moment.
0: Yeah. I I saw some people being critical of him for going on Tucker Carlson. Um, I guess Tucker wanted him to, like, shit on AOC or something. But basically, he just stuck to his message and talked about how, you know, workers need unions because. Oh, good. uh, Yeah. So, like, he didn't he didn't let uh, Fox News uh, drive the narrative or whatever. But I mean, I guess there's room for criticism there. But I don't know. I everything I've seen him say has been right on the money and I don't know I, I did also like how he's just uh, dressing he's not like putting on a suit to yeah. to go and meet with these people or whatever he's like fuck you I look good the way I'm at, I'm dressed anyways so I don't need to wear a suit
1: I also um, did like yeah. the one quote that I saw from him about AOC where somebody asked like how he felt about her lack of support and he just said uh, "What? Like she, she or asked what he thought about AOC and he was like she doesn't deserve this moment yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, dude uh sh- shout out to everyone who's who's doing the fucking thing man like go to your workplace organize it's great yeah oh yeah yeah and
0: i guess also shout out to the uh dsa folks that i was talking to yesterday that are on the labor Com- committee and are doing all that organizing work so yeah so yeah so elon musk is uh is kind of a shithead and uh, wants to buy Twitter. Um,
2: Yay! So. I support it. <laughs> <laughs> Why just, not? <laughs>
0: just burn the whole thing down. <laughs> Turn it into my 4chan. favorite criticism
1: so far is that he's he's buying it because he feels like they're censoring people too much. But then at the same time, uh, somebody like some blogger or something just wrote a, a critical article about him, so he canceled their Tesla order. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, and I think I my favorite take was like um, someone was just saying, "Oh, you don't want people tweeting that photo of you before you got your hair plugs."
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. I don't think that's the photo that people keep retweeting. That's the m- most incriminating.
0: Of oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the one with J- Jelaine Maxwell.
1: Yeah, Gal- Galaine Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm never sure how to pronounce her name.
1: Uh, G- Galaine or Jis Lane, okay. however you want. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's funny. And, and I think part of it is just, he's trying to distract from all the horrible shit that's going on at the various companies that he runs.
2: Wait, are you saying he's not a very good, uh, (laughs) business leader?
0: Yeah. Well, um, the other headline that I have here is, uh, Tesla must pay ex worker 15 million for disturbing racist abuse. Judge rules. So, yeah, we we talked about this a little bit on a previous uh, news episode, but you know, there, the the working conditions at the uh, the Fremont plant in California, um, the former Numi plant, not great uh, for Black workers um, or uh, Latino or Asian workers. Uh, it, wild, yeah. It's I mean, I I think I said in the last one. Um, I, I'm not going to repeat some of the slurs that are that were said, but there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Much appreciated. Um, (laughs) When when your workplace is racist enough that even a judge is like, nah, guys, you went too far. That's, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I I also liked this little uh, sub headline judge rejects Tesla revisionism. And I don't think he was talking about revision revisionism in the like Marxist sense, but I just thought that was funny. (laughs) Like, this is like the Sino-Soviet split or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Judge rules with Lenin and Lenin v. Musk. (laughs) Uh, So,
2: yeah, let's get into um, Twitter, the Twitter nonsense, because I think this is an important story, and obviously it's been in the news cycle for quite a while. It's going to be old news by the time this comes out, um, because it's just moving quick. But, yeah, but people are just
1: clawing for our takes on it. So we got to <laughs>
2: you know. I mean, I'm clawing for our takes on it, even though, uh, by the way, I'm sure if you're a listener, go ahead, predict what our take is. Do it right now. Just think, <laughs> pause the show and decide what are they going to say about this news story? And whatever you think, that's what we're about to say. So you can almost skip this story, but that's whatever. We're going to talk about it, but you pretty much know what we're thinking. That it's great it's great um so brian i don't don't know if you've got the like basic facts here to 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 lay out before we uh kind of comment on it but uh let's uh get into it
0: yeah so um a couple weeks ago elon musk uh bought 9.2 percent uh stake in twitter and now he wants to buy the entire company and it's saying it's a hostile takeover. And I'll be honest, I don't know what a hostile takeover is. I'm not that into financial stuff.
2: Yeah, I looked into it a little bit, so I can get into that when we get to the to that point.
0: But I, whenever I hear that, I always imagine that... Um, I think it was from one of the... Uh...
1: Well, a hostel is like a cheap place for you to stay when you're traveling. <laughs> I, I think it's like when you and your friends just rent every room out at the hostel.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> yeah. See, I always imagine... Um, one of those Monty Python skits where it's like the, um, the business uh, uh, skyscrapers are like pirate ships and they're like firing cannons at each other, stuff like that. They're, you know, like swinging across the rigging to board the other uh, business and take it over by force. But I don't think that's what they're talking about necessarily.
2: No, I don't think so. (laughs) So um, yeah, a little bit of background here. Basically, there's a few things at play here and it's kind of hard to really judge what's going on. Like, and it's difficult to get inside the head of Elon because he's a fucking maniac and he can do whatever he wants. And he clearly chooses to do. He he takes that like as his prerogative. So his initial thing was he buys up a bunch of shares really fast, which he also, by the way, committed fraud in doing so. Um, (laughs) Of
0: course. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> um part of like sec filings is to like make sure that information is available it's sort of this idea that like oh you know high finance is like transparent and accessible even <laughs> though it's really not but like he he didn't file with the sec about him buying an enormous stake in a fucking social media platform um and, it was, and it's one of those get to it later sorts of deals but like It's playing it off as if, like, oh, this is no big deal. He was just, oh, a little bit late. And, you know, it's just government bureaucracy, right? And that's how a lot of people are portraying this. But, like, uh, to be clear, when the richest people in the world do any trading stocks, they have money managers do this shit. And there are standard forms and standard fucking SEC filings that they're supposed to do. So, like... The fact that this shit wasn't done is very, very shady. It is not like a oopsie. De- it's not a like oh this guy just didn't file his tax return this year and he'll do it next year. This is deliberate. So like one, there's some shady shit. It seems like he was trying to amass uh, a pretty big stake in Twitter before like it
1: became public knowledge. Um, well, he's the single largest shareholder now, right? He, like he's yes, yes, he is. He Um, doesn't own a a majority of the company, but he is the largest shareholder. Correct.
2: So like he's buying into this company and, you know, of course one of the, like if he had properly done the filing, this could have been public knowledge. And then people could have potentially profited off of this, right? Like they're like, Oh, Elon's buying into this. This is, I think this is good for the company. I'm going to buy stock because I have, is it's a vote of confidence. Like, but because he didn't do the filing, a lot of people couldn't do that. Like, the public didn't know. And so, one, that's pretty fucked up. He's, like, blatantly committing crimes. And, of course, no one's going to give a shit. He's still going to... It's. It, it, there's no consequences for him. We know this. There's nothing new there. But, uh, of course, it just goes to show that they set up these rules. But the rules are for us. They're not for them. Um, so, yes, he becomes the largest shareholder in the company. And here's kind of the thing. He starts using this to... Generate some media buzz, as Elon is one to do. He's very, very good at this. So there's news story after news story, and people are starting to wonder: oh, is this gonna be good? Is how is he gonna influence them? Oh, he's he likes free speech and stuff, and so he's gonna exert some influence to make Twitter better, and oh, he's got some big ideas for making Twitter better, and all that all whatever bullshit nonsense. So This all serves Elon Musk very, very well, that people are saying these wonderful things about it. Um, He's in the news. His brand is growing and he's pretending he's a like freedom crusader, right? He's got this like weird Internet libertarian persona. And he adopts that persona because it's profitable for him. It drives his, his profits. This will increase Tesla stock down the line because he's in the news and that's good for Elon. That's why he does it. So part of like he buys into this company and then he starts backing off. Right. They they offered him a board position because Twitter, uh, the board of directors of Twitter is scared shitless. They're like, uh oh, oh, fuck. We're about to like really get our shit rocked if we don't do something real quick. So they kiss his ass. And they're like, we'd love to have you on the board and everything. And Elon Musk was like, yeah, cool. I'm with it. And then he backed out at the last minute and it they said, oh, it's because there's a provision in there that, OK, hey, you're not going to like do some bullshit. Right. And, you know, there's news articles out there how he's, oh, you know, he didn't like this one provision. Fucking nonsense. OK, that provision was always obvious. You don't buy this much stock in a company without like knowing that this is part of the deal. Like if you come on the board, you can't like disparage the company and like try and tank their stock obvious provision everyone knows it it's stupid and then there's you know the new york times and shit is like oh he just like discovered this random provision he didn't like and it's like dude this isn't even the fine print this is like basic 101 shit that they're pretending that elon musk just discovered and it's like that's i'm sorry that's just not what happened he's playing it to his advantage but anyway so the twitter board is trying to placate him And then he starts playing around with the idea of "Mm, maybe I'll take Twitter private and I'll buy the whole thing. And he's certainly got more than enough money to do it. And here's the problem for Twitter. The reason this is a big deal, they can't just say no. They have to consider the bid because they have a responsibility to treat the shareholders like what's in their best interest, which a sane person would think selling your company to Elon Musk is not in your best interest. But Maybe it is. I mean, the guy does generate increases in stock prices, whether that's, you know, because he makes a product better or not. I mean, we know that's not the case, but like he, he makes
1: a product better yeah. or at all, let alone better. Exactly.
2: So but like it could, in theory, be viewed as a good thing for shareholders. But obviously, he's an eccentric maniac and there is he's got every reason to just try and destroy Twitter. I mean, what does he give a fuck? Um, he, he could destroy it. He could turn it into 4chan. And uh, I, I don't know how 4chan stock is doing right now, but I don't think it's doing very good. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the thing. And so Twitter's trying to resist this to a certain extent. And this is kind of the big news, um, like as of Thursday or Friday, this is where the Twitter board has kind of come un- to the understanding that this is a potential hostile takeover. So apparently... I didn't fully understand this before a company can be taken over by a shareholder against their will. And like, if they just own enough of the company, that's it. That's the end of the game. (laughs) Oh, you just got bought. And it's like, well, we weren't for sale. And it's like, well, you just got bought. So doesn't really matter. And that's if they get a controlling share. And I think that's about 15%. So if he owns 15%, it becomes Elon Musk's company, essentially. Like he's the biggest, you know, he's over some threshold where he can really make some big decisions.
0: So, so it's not it's not even 50 percent of the company. It's just he needs enough to yeah, b- more than anyone else.
2: Correct. And that's okay. why if he was going to join the board, he would be limited to 14.9 percent of the company and he can't exceed. He can't grow to 15 percent. You know what I mean? Right. And So that's when he starts playing around with the idea of maybe I'll buy the whole thing, of course. This is this projects the fact that he's the richest man in the world. He can do what he wants. And this generates a ton of buzz for him. It's great. It, it works out very well for him. So the, the most recent news that I've heard is that the board of Twitter um, has engaged in a uh, they've, they've put in place a poison pill plan. And I was like, what the fuck is that? So I looked into it a little bit and here's what I can tell you. It's basically a shareholders rights plan which every publicly traded company has this, it's basically in the event of a hostile takeover, like where you have a shareholder who is amassing a big chunk of the company, and they're going to try and start doing some bullshit. What can happen is the board can vote to put in a shareholder's rights um, thing, and what it does is basically, there's different ways to write it, so they're all slightly different, but they have certain defenses. And in Twitter's case, what would happen is, any shareholder who owns Twitter stock would have the option to purchase more Twitter stock at a discounted rate that is below market value. So why that's important is because when you purchase that stock, it is instantaneous profits. So like, let's say I'm I'm a retail investor. I own two shares of Twitter, right? Just it's in my whatever. I own two shares um, and I'm just some small time investor. I would have the option as a shareholder, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, but I would have the option to buy at a discounted rate. And so like, let's say that it's trading at $44. I don't know what the rate is, but maybe I can buy it at $39 or $30. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the rate, but I could buy the share at this lower price and then I can sell it on the market for the market value. So that's literally instantaneous profits. But what this does is it creates new shares in the company. So for everyone, it's kind of like how the U S dollar is created out of debt. It's the same concept here. The existing shareholders now have the option. And most of your retail investors aren't taking advantage of this. The big investors, the people on the board, the rich people who have a big chunk of this in their portfolio, they have an option to do this. And this creates new shares of the company, which dilutes all other existing shares. So, like Elon Musk having, let's say, nine percent of the company, they put in this plan, all of a sudden a bunch of people start buying these new stocks. What happens is now Elon Musk's share goes down. He now owns eight percent and then seven percent and then six percent because it's hard to keep up with that um situation. So his stock is getting diluted and he's exempt from this. He can't he has to buy at market rate. He can't buy at the discounted rate. So like he's now betting against hundreds thousands or maybe millions of shareholders who are buying at this discounted rate and diluting his shares um so it doesn't make a a hostile takeover impossible but it raises the cost of doing so it significantly so it's basically it's a defense mechanism for companies that don't want to be taken over so it's a complicated it's a weird complicated strategy and i can't help but think it's kind of funny that it's like wow that's Maybe we should just have a situation where people can vote and be like, hey, no, we don't want to be taken
1: over, but whatever. <laughs> it's... I, I don't know how speculative it was, but I've actually seen one person uh, write something with since I saw the poison pill pill thing. Yeah. And that was basically that he doesn't have enough money to buy Twitter.
2: Um I would say he
1: he does. Um it would Okay, well, so no, but they they laid it out in such a way where uh, it is estimated that he—I I forget how many. What was what was the price again? Like thirty billion for to, to, what? Uh, for, for to do like the hostile takeover to buy like enough shares in in Twitter. So his um, his offer to buy
2: the company outright was like fifty something billion, which is okay. a fifty percent premium over the share price. So like it's more than the company is technically worth on paper.
1: Okay, so the the problem that he encounters is that to generate that sort of uh, money, he he has to either liquidate assets or take out a loan. If he liquidates assets in theory, and we all know how people get around stuff, but if he liquidates like $50 billion worth of assets, he takes a hit in terms of taxes and things like that. And to take out a loan creates its own sort of subset of problems uh
2: especially now, on a I bad don't... investment if they're if they're using a poison pill and they're raising the price of the company artificially this way um it's harder to get a loan for that
1: for sure so my my take on this might be unexpected because i kind of do want this to happen uh because i think twitter is a cesspool yeah <laughs> it is and i would love to see Elon Musk sink a total like if it's 50 billion on top of however much he's already spent, I would love with every fiber of my being for him to spend like 60 billion dollars on something that becomes almost instantly worthless because he did that.
2: I actually I, I did have a, <laughs> I had a similar I had similar thoughts on it actually a couple days ago where I was like, yeah, I, I'd love to see him. It would be so relatable like I have like, oh, this would be like this motherfucker buying my Camaro. Like, yeah, (laughs) do it, motherfucker. Something's going to break. It's just it's going to be worthless. But like a part of me thinks I'm like, he does have the money to do it. And I don't know that it really matters to him. And if he comes away with Twitter as an asset, his followers will like a new myth will be created around Elon Musk's genius to justify it. And I think it could quadruple twitter stock in a few years based on nothing based on bullshit but like it could <laughs> happen so like a part of me is like i'm a little bit nervous about that like it could be successful even though it shouldn't be and on like there's no factually it shouldn't happen but like he's a fucking grifter and a half and he could it could pay off for him and i don't want to see that happen
0: yeah, I I've listened to enough trash future to know that uh NFTs are going to be involved in some way in the future. If they're not already.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's that's how they're going to uh, that's uh Starbucks' plan on for how they're going to afford to pay the new <laughs> oh. union workers.
0: Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 um it's a wild situation and and a part of me I'm genuinely the last news I heard was I, I, I did see some talk that, you know, if Twitter engages in a poison pill kind of plan that Elon Musk, he was alluding to to a plan B, but it sounds like his plan B was actually just like, oh, OK, I won't buy it then, um, which I don't know what you guys think. I don't know if there's any way to suss out an answer. I don't know if he was ever serious or not. It, and it, I could I could see arguments in both ways. Sure, it makes perfect sense that a billionaire piece of shit like him would want to control media just like every other billionaire. Of course, why not? You know what I mean? So that would benefit him. But at the same time, so does like doing this kind of plan, which he savaged Twitter in the the process, right? So he's like kind of taking down Twitter in a way that like he's, you know, trying to take him down a peg or whatever. So he hurts them. Um, which maybe he wanted to do. And he also improves his own brand. I don't know if he was ever serious about buying it. Like, it's weird that he's like, oh, I'll join the board. And oh, now I won't. That's very suspect. And they're acting like, oh, he just discovered this obvious provision that everyone knows ahead of time and that like would not be news to him. And that's what caused it's, him to back out. It's
1: Schrodinger's Musk. He's simultaneously like doing this as a joke and also deadly serious about it. And yeah, <laughs> whatever pans out was what he is going to claim he wanted the whole time. That's,
2: that's kind of my thinking is like, yeah, he might've bought it. Like it, it would benefit him. It, but like at the same time, kind of seems like he was just, he wasn't serious. Like he's like, yeah, I, I could, I could buy your company. Like, watch, I'll make an offer. And now he's making the fucking board shit in their pants. But like, it's not actually serious. It seems like he was he was already fucking pulling some bullshit, but he got he took over the news cycle for over a week in it. And today we know that, like, something happens in 24 hours later, it's gone. So he took over the yeah. news cycle for a week. And that is impressive. So, like, it kind of seems to me like it was never a serious thing. But like, yeah, he would have gone through with it if if it benefited him. But like this seems like a way to generate publicity. Like he is like the Britney Spears of like early two thousands for like business. Is yeah, he um,
1: is fully enough of a narcissist that he would spend like ten billion dollars just for a big look at me moment?
2: Yep. And and yeah. that's so that's the thing. And I think it's it's probably going to benefit him. Like I saw the bootlickers come out of the woodwork, and I was like, damn, it's he galvanizes these fucking people and like it is a flex and I'm like, it works. Uh, these people are nuts. They, they're just out of touch with reality. Um, they literally were like, he's a crusader for free speech and he's going to, I was like, oh my God, you people are, <laughs> how do you believe this? But they do. So yeah, that's, that's the thing. I think he was, it, it was he's a crusader bullshit. for his
1: free speech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: certainly. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the, uh, I feel like that's kind of the, the, the Twitter take, uh, unless anyone else has anything to add, but of course we have to talk about billionaires trying to own media and everything we see naturally.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I got a couple of things to talk about before we move on just real yeah, quickly. Hit it. Um, so this is a little bit older news this is from, uh, March. Um, Tesla was the least reliable, uh, electric vehicle in the UK nice um, from a survey of uh, of drivers uh, but also the the most popular so um, yep. all the <laughs> all they keep, keep selling even if they're uh, unreliable and uh, and then another story from 2019 so this is a little bit old but um, they had three times as many OSHA violations as the 10 largest plants uh, combined 10 largest US plants. So
2: wait, say that again, they had
0: They had three times as many OSHA violations as the ten largest US plants combined.
2: And the US plants as in like of any manufacturing
1: or
0: I, I believe so. So, wow. so. so so any car factory in the US. That is so Yeah, not
1: all manufacturing, crazy. but all automotive manufacturing. Okay. Right. That's
2: fucking crazy. That is outrageous.
0: Yeah, and so I don't know if they've improved in the last three years, but uh something says says no i don't me,
2: know so. how they like a part of me wonders i'm like how do you not like go to prison for that like at a certain point where they're just like oh you know what you're like killing people at this point like you're, you're a murderer like you gotta go to jail. i mean i i get it i know they would like, send him to works, prison but, and then he would just buy the prison yeah i i know how it works but god it's very frustrating
0: yeah <laughs> uh, on that uh on that article if you, there's a pie chart Number of OSHA violations 2014 to 2018. Tesla
1: is 75% of that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, well, I mean, like, <laughs> we I know we've mentioned this on air before, but let us not forget that he doesn't like the color yellow and bright flashing lights. So, like, they do <laughs> things true. like take off safety devices on forklifts because he doesn't like that they have the yellow flashing lights and stuff like that
0: you know it's uh that's actually ableist of you to say that because uh Elon Musk is autistic and those flashing lights uh trigger him so yeah.
1: i at expense of workers i
0: as i was saying that i was like i can't i, I don't know <laughs> What was I gonna say, oh, uh, he also blamed uh, street cars for the lack of self-driving Teslas in Toronto. So, uh, nice, you know, cars, uh, you know, privately owned cars and street cars are still having trouble uh, with each other. Hundred years later, so.
2: yeah, we'll, we'll call back there. Nice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and it's oh.
0: it's not it's not because he refuses to, like to put radar or lidar on on them and uses cameras instead. That's not again not problem.
2: I will keep harping on this forever. It is so fucking crazy that like he just will not come around on that. It's like, nope, we're going to teach a computer to use cameras, and you're just like, okay, man, that's <laughs> sure.
0: You're probably going to kill someone, but whatever, go off. <laughs> uh, incredible. Uh, and then, and then just just because I thought it was funny, this is from uh, 2020. Did you know Elon Musk wrecked an uninsured McLaren F1? Uh, his last words were, "Watch this." He wrecked it.
2: <laughs> what are what are the what are the like quick details on that? Like, how did he wreck? I, I just want to know.
0: So this was in 1999 uh, when he had just um, sold his first company called Zip2. Yeah. Okay. And so he was only a millionaire back then, and. Uh, Peter Thiel was in the passenger seat. Uh, so it's kind of a shame that they both didn't die. But uh, Yeah, no kidding. So he, he didn't bother to get insurance for it for whatever reason and um, just floored it on the highway and spun around and uh, wrecked into the uh, embankment on the side.
1: Nice. So, yeah. It goes back, like, that reminds me of the first time I had someone point out that, like, the amount of power that Teslas make, like, as car guys, you're like, fuck yeah, this thing does zero to sixty in like two point one seconds. Cool, and it's easy to forget that like an idiot like the manufacturer of these fucking cars does generally doesn't know how to drive a car with that much power. Right, <laughs> it's it's an actual safety issue, not a cool selling point.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like, what was did you all see that video of the the guy launching the the Tesla over a hill? Yes, and like yes. wrecking it into some parts cars, <laughs> like even if you do have traction control, it's not going to
1: save you if you just do dumb shit like that. Yeah, traction control only matters when your tires are on the ground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. So yeah. yeah,
0: uh, Elon Musk is a shithead, and uh, I, I feel confident saying that.
2: Yeah, he's a fucko.
0: So yeah, you guys want to talk about the GR Corolla?
2: Let's get into it.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited about this, even though I will probably never be able to afford one. But uh I don't know. I think it's I, I just I was telling Zach the other day, I think it's cool that um you know Toyota's making sporty cars again.
2: Yeah, it's about time. Um,
0: yeah. I, I I mean all the GR cars have been pretty cool.
2: Yeah, they, uh, they seem to be coming out with some, like, halfway decent stuff. Um, I'm interested in the GR Corolla, but I think it looks really cool. I And, and I'm, I was almost surprised when I started seeing the sporty-looking Corolla hatches, and I was like, it's actually a decent-looking hot hatch. Um, but, you know, I'm a little skeptical still. You know, I, I'm becoming more interested in hot hatches, but, like, I felt like... We'll have to talk about some of the details that have been revealed so far in this thing but like they were talking a target of around 300 horsepower or something and i thought i was like ah it seems a little low um for for the time you know i mean the the sti hatches had that or pretty nearly that you know a decade ago so i'm like ah you know it's cool that it's toyota though so it's probably going to be super reliable and like subarus are just not <laughs>
0: yeah i just
2: i don't think they are i mean i i got a i have a friend of mine who's all about super he's like no they're the most reliable things ever i was like my dude i don't think so man. he's like "Oh, you just gotta maintain them meticulously like a fucking maniac and then they'll last forever and i'm like that's any car if you, you're right that's i'm like yeah if you do your oil changes on any car they'll last like that that helps a lot man but yeah as long
0: as you adjust the valves every twenty thousand miles on this Lamborghini, it'll last for at least fifty thousand
2: miles that isn't no. that wild like the most expensive cars in the world they like don't they're like they all have under fucking twenty thousand miles because they're fuck they will break if they go beyond that right. they're just like how is this the best engineering or whatever I'm like, what are
1: you doing wrong
2: I mean. You get some fucking well, race idiots.
1: engineering and reliability engineering are pretty wildly different animals. I right. mean,
2: look, there's a lot of people who are driving on the street with like seven, 800 horsepower, fucking turbo monster ass things. And they just like, Oh, they have forged internals and like an upgraded oil pump. So they're fine. Whereas like a Lamborghini is just like 700 horsepower, but like it's going to cost you $800 for every oil change. Oh, and by the way, this thing's gonna blow up at fifty thousand. Ain't no way around it.
1: That's just I, mean, I maintain my point because like if if that thing is making seven hundred horsepower, it's probably doing it with an engine like a third the size. It weighs a thousand pounds less for some reason. It has suspension where you won't even notice speed bumps. Like Yeah. I'm not gonna advocate for that. I'm just gonna say like as a for a drastic comparison like no you don't take an f1 car out on the road and just scoot around for twenty thousand miles like
2: yeah
0: yeah and and i mean we'll see how reliable this uh corolla is i mean I, i'm pretty impressed by it but it's a 1.6 liter three cylinder so they're putting a lot of boost into it like it doesn't say yeah. in this article like how many pounds of boost but it's got to be a lot to make 300 horsepower so out
2: of 1.6 and that's the same. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be the same engine. They're using like the GR Yaris, right? It's just going to have yes. more power.
0: Yeah, it's just slightly tuned up.
2: Do you know what like kind of gas mileage the GR Yaris gets? That's a chance? good
0: question. I like
2: I, I have become just like interested in it. Like just like my Z gets really good gas mileage now that I'm making more power and like I've got it tuned and everything. I get really good gas mileage, and so I'm just like wondering, like other cars, are they like above that or what? Because I've got a three and a half liter V6, like it's not a tiny engine. Brandon, you don't have to say anything, but
1: <laughs> well, I, what I was gonna say was actually more uh, not just criticizing you, you guys as tiny motors. No, like there's there's two ways to make power. Like in speaking in broad terms, there's two ways to make power. One is RPM you just wind the fucking thing out yep. and as long as you have enough airflow you make power and the other one which is really the more practical way for all of us and these work in conjunction with each other it's efficiency yeah and like if you can make your motor more efficient like hypothetically it only takes x amount of power to move a vehicle at a certain speed so there are if you can make it more efficient, then you have a motor that's still only going to be using like 80 or hundred horsepower to move, but just so happens to like do it maybe at a lower RPM, which gives you more fuel efficiency or just at the same RPM, but there's a lot more to it when you step on the pedal and it's just more fun to drive, things like that.
0: Yeah. And I wonder like if the reason why they're using a three cylinder is because you don't have as much friction because there's fewer cylinders Uh, that could be part of it. Um, Hmm. But it's saying uh, 28.6 miles per gallon in mixed driving. Which
2: I mean, that's decent for that kind of power and stuff. I mean, that's probably better than I get. Um, Although I do pretty I do pretty well, like on the highway. I'm you know, I'm hitting 36 and 37 pretty regularly
1: on the highway.
0: Wow. Okay. that's better than. Any car I own, I, uh, yeah, I, I got like
1: surprised by that number. That is not bad.
0: It's I got like 32 in my last tank and my MR2,
2: you know, I, I'm a part of me thinks I should like test it out, like, and do a couple rounds of like checking like a half a tank of gas, like how far I actually get and like really testing. Cause I'm going by the gauges in the car, but like it's the gauge in the car is giving me much higher numbers than it used to before the build and the tune and everything. like I've noticed, I'm like, cause at certain speeds I knew about what gas mileage I got, you know, it would be whatever. And now I'm like, I can be going 70 miles an hour and I'm like 35 miles to the gallon. I'm like, that's the best I ever got before I did this stuff. And I'm doing it at like 70 and 75 miles an hour. Like I don't have to baby it. It's like really good gas mileage now. Um, which I'm makes sense. You're
1: so happy that I got a van that's getting 16. And I'm going to be able to get it up to <laughs> 20 soon. <laughs> Fuck you. And that's if I don't go over sixty, mind you.
2: And and it's funny because like I'm getting this gas mileage and I'm making almost a hundred horsepower more than stock. Like but it's much more efficient now. So I I love it. You know, it's 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 fun and it's it's quick, it moves, and still gets decent gas mileage. So I'm I love it. So that's why I'd like to see it sounds like this GR Corolla could be pretty cool. It seems like it's probably gonna be kind of on the lighter side. Which is I, I'm hoping for anyway.
0: It's, it's about uh, last I saw, it was around thirty-three hundred pounds, so around the same as a Subaru STI hatch or whatever.
2: Okay, yeah, it's it's by actually about what my three fifty Z weighs too, so it's right in there, which isn't too bad for a newer ish car with four doors
0: and stuff. Right, and all wheel drive too. Mm. Um. It looks like it's got... I mean, it's got some high-tech stuff. It's got a pretty high-tech all-wheel drive system that can vary the torque split. Um, It's got optional front and rear LSDs. And then, um, yeah, four-piston brakes with 14-inch rotors in the front. Sweet. Two-piston in the rear. And then it's got a forged carbon roof, which is basically like the the easier to manufacture way of making carbon fiber where it's just like injection molded basically no actually i think i um i actually recently looked into this because forged
2: carbon i was like what the fuck does that mean it's actually i think it's like they somehow take all the carbon fiber so like regular carbon fiber that's been like broken cracked smashed whatever it's been recycled and they take that and they do a forging process that is very similar to what they do for like, you know, metal alloys and stuff. And they just crush all this existing carbon fiber together and they just crunch together and it makes something that's actually stronger, I believe. So it's hmm. like it's forged carbon fiber um, in that respect. And I think it like and I, I, it's supposed to look kind of weird. Like it almost looks like, um, uh like plywood like where it's almost like you can almost see like it's a bunch of wood chips pressed together in there or whatever it looks like that but carbon fiber so like you'll see the light will reflect on it weird and it like it it looks it looks pretty weird um so i I did a little reading into the forged carbon recently when i saw it it looks it looks very it looks like a bunch of shards of shit pressed together it's really cool it's cool but like it's weird it wouldn't work in every instance but like on a roof or something it's probably like in theory it should be really strong really light and look pretty cool so you know yeah
0: it's it's made from like chopped fibers rather than like uh, woven fibers yeah and i so, think the the advantage of that is that you can kind of just dump a bunch of it into a mold and rather yeah. than then you know lay it up by hand which exactly is what yeah, so it's almost I like this I isn't think our it's...
1: normal conversation, but I'm really interested to hear about the safety of that because carbon fiber is like is so strong and has such a good strength to weight ratio, but also its weakness is like getting cut and scraped. So like if you just flipped it over, it would be stout, but if it like slid on its roof, that could like. I don't know, man. I'm very curious. Like, I'm not even going to really speculate on good or bad. I'm just uh, fascinated by that.
0: Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about the, you know, material properties or whatever, but I think with this, in this case, it's like, you know, the roof isn't going to be... Yeah, you're probably not going to crash and break the roof or whatever. It's probably not going to have a tree fall on it, so it doesn't have to be the most dent resistant or whatever. It just has to be well, no that's right.
1: what i'm saying like if it was something like a tree falling on it if it were, if it's basically like regular carbon fiber in at least some ways that tree's just gonna bounce off of it and you're gonna have like a scuff
0: hmm okay yeah
1: it might break glass
2: i don't remember exactly but i think the forged carbon is much like a forged alloy like i think it is actually even stronger than your regular woven carbon fiber if i'm not mistaken um Hmm. like i recently looked into it so like you know if you're a listener and you're like hey that sounds questionable which it does because i'm not super confident you can double check that um look into it like a brief article will explain it i think that's what i had read though is that it is actually stronger and it's uh, easier to produce in a lot of ways because you can use like old recycled carbon
1: fiber and just smash it together so yeah okay okay spitball in here We save the environment by pulling all the carbon out of the atmosphere and turning it into more cars. Yeah,
2: I love it. I'm, yes, 100%. Cars and comrades take right there. I love it.
1: Yeah, or whatever. Save the world with more
2: cars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't don't have the article in front of me, but one of the things, uh, this might be old news, but there was someone looking into using um, waste from oil refineries to make carbon fiber. Um, Hmm. so that you're not using, like, I, I think the way that they make carbon fiber now is like they make a polymer and then cook off some of the chemical components that aren't carbon and leave just the carbon. Yeah. And this, this is a way of doing it with just getting basically the carbon sludge that's at the bottom of an oil refinery and turning that into fibers somewhere or another. I don't know all the details.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that is part of it.
0: But you still got to get oil out of the ground to do that. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we should just make things out of wood instead. You know, that's the original carbon fiber.
1: Yeah. I have seen things like that done. It does actually have a surprising strength to weight ratio, depending on exactly how you use the wood.
0: Yeah. I there was a, a point where I was thinking about building my own bicycle frame out of wood. I've seen a couple people do it.
1: Uh, I've seen people do it with bamboo and that that's the move. There's a lot of flex, but it just won't break. Right. That's cool.
2: Um, hey, real quick. I just, I did look up uh, cause I wanted to like get this right. So I looked up forged uh, carbon fiber. And so a few little factoids here, Uh forged composite contains a higher fiber volume um, because obviously it's like smashed together, uh, which combined with higher variation in, st- in strand orientation uh, because all the strands are in different directions, it increases the average strength and reduce variability over standard carbon fiber. The material is claimed to have one third the density of titanium and equal or greater strength. So, oh, okay, it's also the other thing is because of the way it's like formed and created, it actually is more precise when you f- like you can make n- more shapes than you could on regular carbon fiber, just because it's like. It's chopped up in smaller bits. It's, like, actually easier right. to form. So it's easier to work with, it is stronger, and it is lighter. Like, <laughs> it's it's kind of a miracle material. So, and it, it, by this, like, it sounds like it's in its early stages of, you know, of existence. So, like, it's going to cost a bit more right now. But in theory, this could become cheaper than regular carbon fiber at some point. Yeah. So... Very cool.
0: And, you know, I, I, a lot of people were comparing the GR Corolla to the STI hatch. Like we were talking about that a little yeah. bit. And I, one of the things I was saying is like the last time there was an STI hatch, it had um, some variant of the EJ motor, which was designed in or first came out in like 1994, I think. So like it was getting a little bit old and not that high tech and like Subaru is making some, you know, like their, their new, um, I forget what the name of the motor is, but their new motor that's in like the WRX and the Ascent and a few other vehicles, it's a good motor. Like it's very high tech, you know? I mean, of course it's got some weird design features that, uh, Subaru just has to throw in some dumb shit in there because they're Subaru, but like. From what I understand, they're not doing the new STI or they're they're at least postponing it just because they want to focus on like hybrids and uh, electrical vehicles um, rather than do, you know, go through all the trouble of engineering a new uh, Halo brand car or whatever the new top of the line car.
2: Yeah, which actually speaking of that, like I kind of I have a I have a take on how. Hybrid technology was actually introduced in for like consumer, you know, cars. And I actually think that they really should have started hybrid technology, like putting that into sports cars really oh, early. Yeah. That would have like, honest to God, that would have helped save the environment. But, you know, the the marketing geniuses uh, really, really screwed the pooch on that one.
1: It, it might not have saved everything, but it would have at least saved all of the dumb conversations about how well technically uh, hybrids are worse for the environment because of no mm.
2: Yeah. And it would have gotten a lot of like people who like performance um, on board a lot quicker because they've just been reactionary dipshits about it the whole time. Like, Oh, hybrids are stupid and they're not manly enough. And this is where like our <laughs> toxic masculinity is like cooking the planet. Cause we're like, Oh, I'm not a, you know, I'm too manly to drive a hybrid and it's like would have been really cool if like we had Mustang hybrids and Camaro hybrids like, you know, 15 years ago, which was right. perfectly. Re- and they could have been way faster than any Camaro or Mustang was at the time, but like, they could have just smoked them like it wasn't even a question. Uh, so we could have had better performing cars that were better for the environment long ago, but we didn't.
0: I'm a. Woo. I'm I'm mostly su- just surprised that more manufacturers didn't use hybrid technology to make all-wheel drive cars that weren't already all-wheel drive. Yeah, like would have been like because really you you know really you don't easy. need a you don't need a drive shaft. You can just you know put a a, a drive unit with an electric motor and a differential in the back yeah. somewhere, and you know take a front-wheel drive car and make it all-wheel drive or whatever. So I don't know why. I mean, I think Toyota did that, did that with the um, Highlander, but that's the, that's not a performance car
1: or anything. So I don't know why other companies aren't doing that. I want to say that's the layout on, on uh, that Koenigsegg hybrid. That's like um, 1,400 horsepower or something. If it's the one I'm thinking
0: of, it has a really weird drivetrain where it's got, it's like mid-engine and front-wheel drive and then has a, so like the engine is in the back and the it drives the front wheels through a drive shaft and then it has
1: electric motors in the back driving the rear wheels or something uh, like that. Pretty, I thought that's what weird. you were kind of just describing roundabout.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, but opposite without okay, a drive yeah. shaft.
1: Yeah, so, so you've got okay. a motor driving the like your
2: engine driving the front wheels and then you just add an electric motor for the rear or something.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of ways that hybrid technology could have been used in like, and it could have been both, Oh, it'll save on gas here and there, but it could also be used for performance here and there. You like put it in a sport mode and it'll like, you'll have faster acceleration off. The, like there was so many ways that this could have gone and they chose to do fucking none of it. And, and it's not like, Oh, well the market wouldn't have liked these products. No, the market would have absolutely loved these products and these companies all could have made crazy fucking profits. And, sure maybe this is speculation so like i don't know maybe that wouldn't have happened but kind of seems like a no-brainer right like oh i can save on gas help the environment and go faster than any of these other sports cars sign me up i mean like what would be the argument against it even at that point so yeah they could have deployed this stuff very early but obviously they decided not to through incompetence or they didn't want to put the investment in or it was expensive to do whatever the case may be. Obviously it's like, well, the price of cars now is through the roof anyway. So like it it seems like this could have, could have been a much better um, path to take and all these genius business folk didn't, didn't come up with that. And it's like, I don't think you have to be a fucking genius to figure out that this would have been a better path. Even at the time, like we had the technology, it existed.
1: Why would you, how about this? Fuck whether or not they're like, cool. What is just wrong with like, I just spent $80 filling up my van and that's going to get me like 200 ish miles. So what is the, what the fuck is wrong with me getting a thousand miles out of that tank? Like, (laughs) Like, all these dudes who who think that, like, hybrids are so uncool, like, dude, your lifted Ram that gets six miles to a gallon diesel is not that fucking cool. Like, it sucks. You're stupid. Like,
2: (laughs) yeah, I agree. I, uh,
0: I don't know if I can rant for a second here. I I don't know why there aren't, like, affordable, ordinary, regular-ass electric cars, you know, available today, like... The Nissan Leaf is the closest I can think of. That's yeah. just a boring hatchback that's electric and, you know, doesn't have a lot of power, doesn't have a lot of luxury features, doesn't have the greatest range or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know why there's not more companies making that, but like everything's an SUV or a luxury sedan or whatever. I, I don't know if I want if I wanted to buy an electric car, it would just be basic transportation. I'm not looking for. Yeah. You know, I mean, it'd be cool to get. Uh, a fucking muscle car or whatever, but I, I probably couldn't afford that. So
1: yeah, no, it's, I don't know. They're it's surprisingly affordable as long as you buy one that just breaks all the time in my experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, part of it is too.
2: I mean, they're, um, th- everybody's making SUVs cause they're just super profitable. Right. And I don't like fully understand. I think part of it is because like we now have seven year car loans. Like, they just keep making more and more expensive cars. And so they just keep extending the loan length <laughs> because <laughs> there's no, like people are not making any more money. So their monthly payment can't change, but like everybody's making an SUV now. Well, you know, uh Lamborghini's making one that's rumored that Ferrari's is going to come out with one. It's just like what? It, and apparently they Lotus yeah, Lotus has way, one. Now they make more money on those SUVs than they do on any other other cars. And it's so right. stupid. You're just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like what a stupid ass. Like, who crazy? Who would buy a Lamborghini? It's just it's so stupid. But like they're profitable, no matter what. They're just they're they are profitable. And of course, everyone who's bought an SUV, fucking, for the last ten years, were, like I remember when they started talking. Oh, the SUV and truck sales are way up, and you know, but and the gas prices are low, and that made sense. And I just remember thinking like th- these people are going to be really pissed in two years when <laughs> the price of and sure enough. The gas prices is killing people, and they're like, oh, my, and they're crying, and you're like, well, you bought an SUV, like you had to see this coming. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, come on now. But yeah. it's
0: it's Joe Biden's fault that I bought this SUV <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, hey, we
1: don't. I know that we don't have this on the roster for news stories, but this just popped into my head, and it, it's the first thing that I might actually say, like, yeah, okay, this is one of the better things Biden has done. But like now, I'm I've heard so little about it. I'm more wondering if I've misread or misunderstood something. But supposedly, we're uh, supposed to start shooting for like what fifty miles to a gallon average in the U.S. by like twenty twenty six. Now,
0: hmm. Yeah, I I know they keep changing those or, or raising those things, but I I think that's like um. Is it like corporate average fuel economy I think, standards yeah, I think or something?
2: It's a, it's a it's a fleet average. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah.
0: So like th- there's ways of getting around that. Basically, I mean, if they
2: it's still good overall. Like it's yeah. better than the average today. But like yeah, they still will sell gas guzzling piece of shit SUVs and stuff. But like they'll also have full electric vehicles to offset it. And so it's like electric vehicles are better for the environment than get, you know uh, fossil fuel cars. Like they are better. But the problem becomes if you use that, which is like, it's better, but it's not like astronomically better. If you start using that to offset the other cars that are worse for the environment, like you really get rid of a lot of the gains, unfortunately, by doing like by offsetting it that way, because it's like they're better, but it's not like it's not like going from oh, this is a hundred in emission units and this is zero. It's like this one's 100, this one's 70, and so now we're but we're going to treat it like your car's average emissions are 50. You know what I mean? Like So uh, okay,
1: I have it in front of me now and it is by 2026, uh it will require all cars and trucks to have an average fuel economy of 49 miles per gallon as to where cu- the current average is 36.
2: How is the okay. current average 36? I'm questioning that.
0: I I think what they do is they say um, it's not like the average of every single car that you sell. It's your model range is like 10 vehicles. And, you know, one of them gets like 12 miles per gallon and one gets, you know, the electric equivalent of 100 miles per gallon or whatever. And so we just average that out across the, the all the 10 models that you sell.
2: Yeah, I think that's it's how not, it goes. Because it yeah. can't be like every I I would be fine with it if it was like every car like it has to be above fifty miles a gallon or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I, I love that. But the problem is that the key giveaway is that like, oh well now the average is thirty-six, and I'm like, okay, I can definitely think of cars that are not anywhere near that, so they must be averaging it out among the fleet. And like like I was explaining, you can you can dilute that effect very quickly unfortunately. So
1: yeah. supposedly they are are trying to like get rid of some of the loopholes that was allowing things like Dodge releasing 800 horsepower <laughs> motors that get like 15 miles to a gallon. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um cuz because Dodge did actually get in trouble for doing that. They they're I don't know, I'm sure the repercussions were like borderline like non-existent, but that is a a battle that they've been fighting ever since like the new iteration of the horsepower wars because everything they make is such bad fuel economy
2: you know actually i'm surprised i i I noticed like just last night or something i was like i saw another hellcat uh, charger or something i was just like i'm actually surprised how many hellcats are out there on the road because like i see them almost daily and i was like oh that's actually like more than i expected for a top of the line motor like that there are a lot of them that sold like way more than i would have expected
0: and they all still have that stupid fucking yellow protectors on the all splitter. All of them. Every
2: goddamn one of them. <laughs> um, but I did, I I was noticing, I was like, it does seem like there are way too many Hellcats. Like this, I was all for like, hey, a few Hellcats is cool to have out there, but I'm like, everyone has one now. And I'm like, I don't know how people are affording this, but like, I don't know. How, it, it's just way more than I expected. So yeah, it does seem like an issue. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I guess following up on a previous episode, um, there's a a study that has come out that um, lead from gasoline has blunted the IQ of about half the U.S. population. Yeah, I've noticed. So (laughs) (laughs) I I know a lot of people were posting this and saying, oh, this explains a lot.
2: (laughs) I mean, that's the I mean, of course, that's the natural like joke out there, but like after seeing how people are reacting to Elon Musk wanting to buy Twitter, I'm like, mm, I see it. I see it hundred percent. I've seen it before, but I really see it now. 50% minimum.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and as I said in the the episode about lead, leaded gasoline, uh, you know, like generally speaking, it's people on the lower end of the economic spectrum that are suffering the most from this, you know it's people that live next to highways or they yeah. live in houses with lead paint because they can't afford to renovate them or their landlord won't or what have you so it it's it's a little bit of a sad story um well it's it's not, it's not a good story no matter how you look at it you know yeah
2: it's not <laughs> um
0: like think of all the human potential that we've lost from just spraying neurotoxins into the air for 70 years or whatever. So, yeah, Yeah, I don't know.
2: A lot of human potential wasted on a lot of things. It's just, it's, it's very depressing sometimes when I'm like, I think about what, what humanity could be and what it is. And you're just like, fuck, what a, what a sad fucking story.
1: I'm just shocked to find out that like the material conditions of your upbringing have an effect on, (laughs) on you later in life.
2: Huh? That is interesting.
1: This is this is the first time I've ever heard this documented.
2: You know, I've always heard that like we live in a uh, meritocracy, and like you know, if you just have the fucking will to like do something,
1: there's nothing that can stop you. Everyone has an
2: equal opportunity.
1: These (laughs) consumers just need to make an educated uh, decision about the air they're breathing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they just don't have to support the
2: people who are polluting the air in their neighborhoods actually so like you know let's just calm down before we go blaming the companies why are they still in business that's their fault right shouldn't have bought their stuff i'm an ancap again
1: uh, <laughs> I, I can't. i'm not i'm done. i'm done, sorry. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> uh,
2: all right well then uh, we got this convoy story too huh
0: yeah, I I had haven't really followed this as closely as the one in Canada, to be honest, but because uh, I was busy this, with other. This stuff. This one but... really
2: petered out real quick. Uh, they were yeah. they were desperate and like peeing in their pants like immediately. <laughs> so. <laughs> what's yeah, the I do like that
0: this headline from the Daily Beast: uh, People's Convoy Gives Up, Will Leave DC After Three Weeks of Doing Absolutely Nothing.
2: Jeez, I didn't even so... know they're still there. Like what? There had to be like six trucks driving around in a fucking circle for three weeks. You're like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is
0: from the end of March here. So, I mean, I, I I think it's all over and done now, but uh, like I said, I haven't really followed it too closely. I
2: can't believe it went on three weeks. I really can't. Like it was, it fell into like disarray pretty much immediately. They didn't have a real plan. And like, there were stories that like, Oh, they're like, Oh, we're, we're peeing in our pants because we're getting stuck in traffic and one i'm just like this is a message to any obviously our listeners are leftists if you're going to talk to the media don't ever tell them embarrassing shit like that don't fucking ever say you peed in your <laughs> pants ever for any fucking if they look at your pants and they're like why are your pants wet?" you say because you know what i peed in, or don't even say i peed I spilled revolution water on my pants. Go fuck yourself. Like don't ever say you peed in your fucking pants. And these people are like, we're peeing in our pants because we're stuck in traffic. And it's like, you're truckers. What do you, I don't remember if we covered this story on the show, but like, how do you not have your backup bottles in the car, in the truck? Like, yeah. And it's gross. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening like, ew, I can't believe, believe me, I have done it. And you wind up in some, you find yourself in some really fucked up situations where you need yourself a bottle that's just a fact okay you have to get some shit done because we have bodily functions and they cannot be stopped
1: never say I pissed my pants simply say someone pissed my pants (laughs) (laughs) I just that's the other the lesson here is just like one they obviously didn't
2: you know accomplish anything whatever but you know I will say a lot of our leftist pro protests don't accomplish anything either don't that's not like saying don't do it but like you know we got to be realistic there's 10 of us sometimes at some of these demonstrations and it's important to be there but like don't ever say you peed in your fucking pants don't ever tell the press about how we failed in some way like these fucking idiots did and they're just like they just couldn't wait to go talk to the fucking press and all these dipshits are like just talking about what a failure this is so that's kind of the perception like everyone perceived this as a joke And, like, when leftists do protests that aren't the most effective, and it's, like, you'll see 12 fucking climate activists facing off against 300 cops, right? That's... We're used to seeing that. But, like, they don't say stupid, embarrassing shit like this. Like, they don't, like, go and cry to the fucking media about, like... I guess we're we're just more used to being on the shit end of things. And, yeah, don't ever... Tell the media embarrassing shit like that because this is fucking a joke, and they're getting ripped on for this convoy relentlessly as they should. Yeah,
0: but I, I, I think my favorite moment was uh, the the bicyclist who slowed down their <laughs> protest by <laughs> just biking in front of them. <laughs> I mean, it's shit like that where like these people were thwarted
2: at every turn. They were disorganized, and it was a fucking joke. And it was so apparent. And so just if you are a leftist listening, like this is what not to do this. Don't generally don't talk to the media. Like there are people at every demonstration or whatever who should be talking to the media. And you know, if, it, if that person is not you, like, and you've decided this ahead of time, if it's not, you don't, don't talk to them. <laughs> just,
0: yeah. I, just, I've seen plenty of people that were just not prepared to be on the media and, it, and it's this, always a little cringe.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, and you see this with some like anti-fascist actions and stuff. You know, you have people who are there down for the cause, ready to do stuff, but they are not ready to be interviewed by media who is going to twist things you say. They're going to ask you fucking loaded ass questions. Direct them to the person who is a media liaison or whatever you've decided ahead of time. There are people who are there leading demonstrations let them talk to the media don't ever you know oh you know i'm so passionate that i peed in my pants for the cause don't don't say it don't do it because this is the result you you look like this fucking convoy so yeah just there are people who are better at talking to the media and these people did not know that so they revealed all and it is a joke that we get to laugh about now so
0: <laughs> right yeah i Oh, I don't know. It, this is a bit of a tangent, but the the worst example I've seen of that is um, there's a climate group in the UK called Insulate Britain, I think, and they're basically they're saying we need to put like insulation in old buildings to to cut down on energy usage. And one of their um, I guess spokesperson was on some like UK news show, and they just tore him apart, and yeah, was like, "Oh man, buddy, you were not the right person for this job."
2: <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, that's going to happen to some extent, but yeah, you have to be very careful. Like if you yourself are not really prepared to deal with media, don't do it. Um, yeah. Because they, and I'm not they, that
0: person. So like, I, I guess yeah. I shouldn't pass judgment or whatever, but yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I, I'm not that person. You're better off to tell them to fuck off. Like, or you don't have to be rude, but like you can be just don't, yeah. <laughs> don't, you know, don't reveal this kind of shit. Don't reveal disorganization. Don't reveal, you know, failures and stuff like, Oh, we wish this, we wish that. No, don't do it because this is, this is what it looks like. I mean, these people probably weren't like lining up to say, Oh yeah, we did stupid, embarrassing shit. Of course not. But like, that's what happened as they talked to the media. And so, uh, lesson to be learned here i didn't i actually thought this was just a joke story but uh yeah i guess there is something to learn here don't do what they did be very careful when you're talking to media
0: and and i'll say like that's not to say that uh you know don't admit when you're wrong like don't just oh yeah 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 don't just double down and say no i was never wrong about anything like you know you can admit that you're wrong like i don't know everyone was wrong Saying that uh, you know Putin would not would not invade, yeah, I was Ukraine or whatever. I was one of them. I'm like,
1: whoa, okay, all right, then. The <laughs> real the real secret is to just gaslight the world and do, don't say that. Like, I would I, I wouldn't go with like I know I, I was wrong. I would simply say I never said that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I mean. God, but the that's...
1: important part is that when someone like shows you the evidence that you did, just say that wasn't me.
2: <laughs> look i want to like i want to argue against you but i uh, part of me thinks you're right because that really is what we see every day and it works it just it well, works.
1: i literally found out yesterday that a good friend of mine got out of like some shoplifting charges because he stonewalled the police so hard <laughs> that they were like this is not even worth it for the 50 dollars you stole <laughs> yeah That's i, I had a similar moment uh Years ago, when he, I was his Oxford. friend ratted him out, and he literally said, "I don't know that person." <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, that's the correct response if your friend rats you out. Jeez.
2: What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what's what's with this friend ratting him out? That's what I want to.
1: Uh, they were seventeen. Is, is okay. all I know. Okay. All <laughs> right. some, sometimes it takes some some time to learn, and
2: I, fear is a fear is a powerful drug. I'll, I'll, yeah. I can understand that. So. But, anyway, I think that's about all we got, right?
1: yeah, I think we can wrap it up. uh well, if I've learned any lesson, it's that we could go on for an hour or two more, but we're exactly. gonna give everyone that experience. you know, <laughs> legit, my butt is getting sore, so I think uh, what have you been it. doing while we're on the
0: call? <laughs> <laughs> sitting in a chair for fucking four hours. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, hey, yeah, being yeah, a podcaster
2: yeah. being a podcaster is real hard work,
0: yeah and i got to got to sit down and edit this for another few hours
1: too so sitting on our ass for the cause that's right <laughs> yeah i got to like go stretch and like i don't know grab a wrench and just start slamming my knuckles into everything i see <laughs> <laughs> all right well um i guess
0: that's it any final thoughts before we sign off um
1: no just thanks to everyone who listened and uh, as always check us out on social media
0: yeah thanks for everyone commenting on our stuff and reaching out and saying hi sending us messages whatnot
1: yeah
2: we appreciate it
1: yeah but bef- bef- before we even started recording we had a, a genuine discussion about how much we enjoy doing the show engaging with listeners uh, the people we meet and the little the little small slice of community that we've we've carved out it's it's really fun we like you guys
0: yeah or wedged ourselves into however you want to look at it <laughs> yeah so all right uh good night or, all right, Take
2: it easy yeah yeah thanks for listening
0: My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit.
1: When left entirely on its own devices, capitalism hoists its diseconomies and its toxicity upon the general public and upon the natural environment. And then it does an interesting thing. It eventually begins to devour itself. If the paladins of corporate America want to know what really threatens our way of life, it's their way of life. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Uh, It's important that we examine the twin forces behind the Biden candidacy, the billionaires and the Bolsheviks. <laughs>